Jane of George Street, written by Liana Parasaki and read by Rebecca Brown. I was walking down George Street just the other day, hoping to get some cigars, when I suddenly noticed just ahead of me a woman of stately figure. It wasn't just her figure that rendered her unusual, though. Her clothes, while regal and well-kept, were incredibly out of date. She was dressed in a skirt of dark blue velvet with a coat of high collar and full at the shoulders. Unlike any other lady around me, she wore a small hat and patent leather shoes, while her hands were hidden away in white lace gloves. Her complexion was strikingly white, so much so that even her pale blonde hair seemed stark against her forehead. She was so peculiar, so startlingly out of place, that I quickened my step and followed her down the street. I soon walked past her and turned swiftly around so I could take one look at her face. What I saw froze me in place. Her face was the face of the dead. Unable to move, I stood rooted in place, and she quickly took the lead. She kept on walking, walking past the confectioners and the hatters without a second glance. One or two people walking past her shivered noticeably, but no one else seemed to look at her. In fact, it was as if they couldn't see her at all. An elderly gentleman walked straight into her, or rather, through her. I was now realising that she was a ghost. A ghost that only I could see. So... We kept on walking down George Street, the phantom leading the way. At last, she came to a shop outside the chemist's, and with a slight incline of the head as if inviting me to follow, she stepped inside. I followed her. She stood in front of the counter, then suddenly disappeared. I asked the chemist if he could tell me anything about the lady that had just walked into his shop, but he simply laughed. This is not the first of April. Have you lost your wits? Now, tell me, what is it you want? Before leaving, I bought something I had need of, and frankly, I can't remember what it was. That night, I dreamt I was walking down George Street again. Only this time, the phantom turned around to look at me, and she said, I'm Jane. My name is Jane. Only Jane. I awoke with her screams still ringing in my ears, hours before the sun was to rise on the horizon. A few days passed, and I found myself walking down George Street again. The rain was pouring, and everything was wet and muddy. Everyone carried big umbrellas and walked with a quick step, careful not to slip or step onto muddy cobbles. Amidst the mud and rain stood she, clean and perfect as ever, clad in blue velvet, as if untouched by the rain. I once again found myself quickening my pace, eager to get one look at her face. This time, the presence of death across her features sent me flying across the pavement, reeling in shock. Still trembling and hastening to get myself off the muddy street, I let her walk past me. Jane made for the chemist once again. She walked past a horse who cried out in fear. Across the street, a policeman's eyes locked into Jane's own. His eyes bulged in fear, his face whitened, and his hands clutched at his chest. I knew now I wasn't alone in seeing her, nor was I delusional. But I was enchanted. I had to know about Jane and who she was. So I began inquiring around Edinburgh, asking about Jane and her story. I was informed about 18 years ago, when Jane's dresses were still the height of fashion, the chemists had been dressmakers, owned by a woman named Miss Bosworth. Naturally, I hunted up Miss Bosworth to ask her about Jane. What can you tell me about a woman named Jane? Oh dear, that is awfully vague. I have indeed known many Janes, but not many with pale blonde hair and white eyelashes, I would assume. Miss Bosworth paled noticeably. How do you know of this Jane? Because... Because I've seen her ghost, I said. What I saw in Miss Bosworth's face resembled pity more so than horror. 
I was hoping she would have found rest by now, she whispered, and I knew in that instant that she did believe me, and that she herself was also acquainted with Jane. In 1982, a Miss Jane Vernal ran a costumer's business in George Street, in the very building, in fact, that is now occupied by a chemist. The business was for sale, and I replied to the advertisement. Myself and Miss Vernal came to a deal quickly, and within a month I was running my own business from the shop. One day, Miss Vernal returned, crying and screaming. You see... She had regretted selling her business and wanted to buy it back. I, however, had no intention of selling my shop back to her. She was hysterical, and I, I'm not proud of this, but I had my assistants turn her out. For six weeks, she returned every day. And every day was the same. She would scream, and she would cry, and she would plead, and she would threaten, and I would always have her turned out. I found out then that she was unwell. Unhinged, they called her. Her doctors were the ones that advised her to sell the business and place herself in the hands of her family, so she could be taken care of, and so she did. But the change was too grand, and it made things worse. So she convinced herself that she needed to return to George Street. In fact, the haunting started before she was even dead. I knew she was under restraint, but I would still see her body roaming the streets, trying to make her way to George Street. For several weeks after her death, she haunted George Street. But then, suddenly, her apparition stopped. And this is the first I've heard of it ever since. I have since visited George Street often, almost daily, hoping to catch another glimpse of Jane. She has, however, remained unseen. I can only hope she's finally at rest. Thank you for listening to the Folklore Scotland podcast. We'll be back every week with more folkloric content from stories to analysis. The podcast is brought to you by Folklore Scotland, the charity that aims to make Scottish folklore accessible using digital platforms, telling the tales of the past with the technology of today. If you'd like to become a voluntary contributor or would like to get in touch, pop us an email at info at folklorescotland.com and you can find all of our social media as well as a list of sources in the show notes below. The charity also now has a Ko-fi page which you can find in the show notes if you'd like to help us continue the work that we do. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.